want to welcome all of you here today. I'm so glad to see you. Some of you are here for the first time, and if you are, we want to welcome you as our guest. Church, how do we feel about our guests today? Aren't we glad to have them? <clears throat> Amen. I want to say a, a, a special thank you and congratulations to uh, Mr. John Lilly and Mr. Stephen Magner. If you two individuals would stand with wherever you're at, would you stand very quickly for me? I want to see who you are. There's John back in the back, Stephen right here. These two fellows are your newly elected deacons that were elected last week in the annual business meeting, and they're going to be serving you for the next three years. Thank you, gentlemen. You can be seated. But uh, looking forward to having these two guys on, on the team, and, and uh, we're just blessed because of their uh, willingness to serve, and we're very thankful for what the Lord is doing. How many of y'all have gotten involved so far in some of the connect groups? Have you gotten in a connect group? If you have, let me see your hand. If you're in a connect group, raise your hand. I'll tell you, those connect groups are awesome. If you're not in one that's not too late, you can still get in a connect group. This is a great way to, to uh, our, our, our purpose statement is all about building uh, friendships and finding God. We want to find God, but we know that when we create relationships, that that helps us to do that. And so uh, it's a great way to meet people, to make new friends. And I'm just thankful to see that you are embracing that as the one of the newest things that we as a church are doing. We've been doing small groups for a long, long time, but but these connect groups now are just kind of taking it to a new level. It's kind of like what we used to do, small groups on steroids. And uh, and they're, they're being a real blessing, and I want you to be involved in those. I want you to get your Bible. We're going to look at a couple different places, Romans, Galatians, and Colossians. But I want to talk for a few minutes about what happened when we were baptized. What happened when we were baptized? I know we've been raising our hands a lot today, but it's just kind of like a spiritual calisthenics. If every time I give you a chance to raise your hand today, you raise your right hand, then this time I want you to raise your left. When I ask you how many of you have been baptized in water, raise your left hand. Something spiritual about the left over the right. Did you know that? No, it's not really. The Bible says when you worship, raise your left hand. No, it doesn't. Don't let people put you in a box. Don't let people try to put stuff on you that's not there. We're just raising our left hand so it don't get tired while we're raising the right. We're just trying to keep both of them working. Water baptism. Today, that's what we're going to be talking about. What's it all about? Does it really matter? How spiritually significant is it? I was reading a story about a baptismal service that took place in the middle of the 5th century. And King Angus was being baptized by St. Patrick. And during this baptismal ceremony, St. Patrick had a staff that he walked with. And on one end it had a sharp point. It's a stick with a sharp point, and he inadvertently, during the service, he had moved that stick around while he was talking, and he set it down on the king's foot, and he, without knowing where it was, he leaned on it and poked it right through his foot, and his foot was bleeding. He didn't even realize what he had done, and at the end of it, he looked down, and he saw the blood, and he apologized to the king, and he said, why did you bear this in silence and the king said, I just thought it was part of the ritual. And there's a lot of people that think baptism is just ritual. You know, if you go down to one of them churches, that's what they do. In fact, some churches, if they could get you baptized, they feel satisfied. That's all they need to do. 
Some people feel like baptism will get them to heaven. I wish it were true. It would make our job a lot easier. I heard a missions uh, professor when I was in Bible college say one time that if water baptism was all it took to get people saved, we would invest all of our money in evangelism into fire trucks and we would have them go up and down the streets of our cities and just spray people down. Unfortunately, it takes more than that. It's not a ritual. It's not just something that we do because you come to our church so we fill up a tank and it's fun to watch you get wet. There's a whole lot more to this sacrament of the church. This is important. But why is it important? There are different methods, and there's some people that would fight over that. They would say, well, you must sprinkle. Another one would say, well, you must immerse. What is the truth? What really needs to happen? Why are we observing it, and what does it mean? I want to look at some scriptures today to answer these questions. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 4. It says, when we were baptized, we died. And we're buried with Christ. We were baptized so that we would live a new life. As Christ was raised to life by the glory of God the Father. Galatians 3.27. And when you were baptized, it was as though you had put on Christ in the same way you put on new clothes. Colossians 2.12. And when you were baptized, it was the same as being buried with Christ. When you were baptized, it was the, it was, it was just that. You had been buried as he had been buried. Now, there's a lot of other references to water baptism in the Bible, but those are the the ones that those three will suffice to answer some of the questions that we have today. In fact, I'm just going to take a few minutes and I'm going to try to answer a question in two ways. One question, what happens when we are baptized? I'm going to answer that two ways. The answer to that is this. Number one, when we are baptized, we show the world our decision to follow Jesus. Now, all of you that are being baptized today need to pay special attention the next few minutes. Because we're going to talk about what you're doing today. You are showing the world that you've decided to follow Jesus. You're showing the world that you have accepted him as your savior and that you have committed to that decision by choosing to do something significant and public. You say, well, I thought walking down the aisle was pretty significant and public. And it was. But for some, you didn't have to do that. That's all right. Some people receive Christ right there in their own house. That is why, because no matter, you can receive Christ anywhere. That's why baptism is so important, because no matter where you accept Christ, baptism is the one common denominator that says you have made that decision. It is that show to the world that you have decided to follow Jesus. But you need to understand something. Being baptized does you no good if you have not first repented of your sins. Absolutely no reason to follow the Lord in water baptism if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior. And let me explain to you what that means. You don't put on the uniform of a team that you're not dedicated to win for. You don't take on the name of a family that you're not willing to be loyal to. 
You don't submit to the flag of a country that you're not willing to fight and die for. So why would you follow Jesus in baptism if you hadn't made a decision to be in his family? Wouldn't make any sense. So I accept the Lord Jesus as my savior. I repent of my sins. I make a determination that I'm not going to repeat them. I receive the forgiveness of God. I, I take ownership of that in my life. And then I go into the water to be baptized. So that the whole world, both saved and lost, will know of my new lifelong commitment. That's why Galatians 3.27 put it this way. It was as though you had put on Christ in the same way you put on new clothes. Because that's what baptism is. It's changing your spiritual clothing. You're taking off the old and putting on the new. So now your look is going to be different. The way you act, the way you talk, the way you think. In fact, all the way through the New Testament, when it talks about repentance in the God's Word translation, it always says, it always puts it this way, that you would change the way you think and act. Repentance, that's how it's always translated. To change the way you think and act. If you have not had a commitment to the Lord Jesus that has caused you to change the way you think and act, then there's no need in following Him in water baptism because you're just wasting your time. It's quiet, but it's true. Might as well get with me because I'm just going to keep going. You may get done before I do, but I'll keep going. So some of you may be questioning yourself. You may be saying, well, I got baptized in water and I thought I was saved. I haven't done anything before or after. I just thought that was enough. And I'm saying to you that if you have not had a, a conscious, willful decision and made that in your heart to accept Jesus as your Lord, repent of your sins and change, then you are not saved. And the water baptism was nothing more than a quick bath. A physical bath and did you no good spiritually? We say, and then what should I do, Pastor? I got baptized for nothing. Well, to this point it has been, but it doesn't mean it is now. Now that you receive a knowledge of the truth, all you have to do is receive the Lord, repent of your sins, change the way you think and act, and then let's do it again. As a believer, you've chosen to put on Jesus as your new way of life. You're not ashamed to claim him. You're not ashamed to obey him. You're not ashamed of his word. You're not afraid to stand up for his will and his ways and his word. You're proud to let him live through you, let him live in you, and you wear him publicly as you would wear a new suit or a team uniform. That's the person. If you're not wearing Jesus proudly, then you are not on his team. Wave at me if you're still awake. All right, I'll keep going. The decision is what matters the most. But how do we do it? We, as a church, as a denomination, as a movement, we believe in immersion. Immersion means that we dunk the whole thing. There's been times that I was baptizing somebody and I didn't get them all under. I didn't have to do it again. And some of you were so ornery, I held you under a long time. I mean, I got you all the way under, but then I thought about it. And I thought, I don't know. I'm going to wait till they bubble. (laughs) 
But I'll tell you something, under dire circumstances, I baptized in some limited situations. I remember Nick Dan, wherever Nick is here, he's probably here somewhere. But wherever Nick is, I remember several years ago, Nick wanted to be baptized. He was facing a surgery. And the truth of the matter was, folks, it was pretty dire. And 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 they didn't know if he was going to live through it or not. That's the truth. And Nick was a college student. He came to me and he said, I want to be baptized before this surgery. I want the world to know of my public profession of Christ. And I said, well, Nick, our baptismal tank isn't working. Working, but we'll work something out and that Sunday night we got some of you were here We took a big old basin full of water. We brought him to the front and we sprinkled him It was a little bit more than sprinkling because I didn't do it the right way But I held his head down over there and I just was taking that water and just throwing it over his head Was he baptized? Yes Does he need to do it again? No well, Pastor, he didn't get up in the tank. He didn't do it like everybody. It doesn't make any difference. What makes a difference is that his heart said he wanted to do this. And he, I'm going to tell you, what's more of a public profession than the way he did it over the one that gets up there? And I mean, what's the difference? In his heart, he was so joyful. He was so excited. I'll never forget that. He was so excited. He thanked me. And I was like, well, Nick, it was just a, pa- you know, it was just a basin of water, man. I mean, you just got your hair wet. I, I apologized to him. I, I wish I could have, you know... Really soaked you down real good, buddy. I mean, maybe we'll do that later. And he's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I got baptized in a swimming pool. That's how they did it out in Southern California. It was warm enough to do it. Didn't have baptismal tanks in churches. And they called a baptismal service, showed up somebody's house. And we got in the backyard swimming pool and baptized. I grew up. In, in other churches over there around Kingston, we didn't have baptismal tanks over there. We baptized in the Kings River. I've been to baptisms at the lake. I know of folks that's been baptized in their bathtub at home because they wanted to be baptized. What can hinder you from being baptized if you truly want to be? Nothing. If we can find water. And there's scriptural precedence for that too. If you remember the Ethiopian that was in the chariot and he said, what hinders me from being baptized? He said, nothing. They pulled over the side of the road and baptized him right there. What matters is the decision of the heart that you have made to show the world, I am willing to commit to this thing. I'm willing to publicly act on this thing. I'm willing for people to see me get up and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. I have decided that I want him to be my Lord and my Savior. And I want the world to know it. And I'm not ashamed to let him live in and through me. And I want everybody to know that's the person that's ready to be baptized. So we baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Why do we do that? Because we know from the study of the Word that God is one substance. But he's in the form of three persons. Just like your body, for those of you that would be maybe uh, confused by that, but your body consists of flesh, bones, and innards. And if we take one of those three away, you don't exist anymore. But you're one body. You're only a body if all three of those are there functioning and working together. If one of them is gone, you're no more. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is God. And so we baptize as such. So you're making this decision to to accept God 
to put on Jesus and to live as the Holy Spirit gives you guidance and direction for the rest of your life. Number two, the answer is the reason why we do this or this is what happened when we were baptized, we show God our decision to follow Jesus. The first one was going to show the world. This time we're going to show God our decision to follow Jesus because God loves us, wants to be able to look upon us. But until we're covered by the blood of Jesus at the time of our conversion, he can't bear to look at us in our sinful state. Did you know that? What makes you attractive to to God is when he sees the blood of Jesus covering your life. Baptism is symbolic burial. It's our decision where we're saying to God that we've chosen to die to ourselves and we're going to live as unto him and we've been cleansed by the washing away of our sins. The water doesn't do it. Understand something about this. You know what washes away the sin symbolically? The blood. The blood of Jesus washes away the sin and makes us pure and clean. That's why Colossians 2.12 says, when you were baptized, it was the same as being buried with Christ. See, Jesus was baptized by John. Now, all of us, when we're baptized, it's because we're acknowledging sin in our life. That's not why Jesus was baptized. He had no sin in his life. Why would Jesus be baptized then? Because he was showing us yet another example of what he wanted us to do when he was gone. It wasn't that he had to, that, that when Jesus came to be baptized by John, that he had to get down there and say, John, I'm, you know what? I've already repented of my sins. I've asked God to forgive me. He was God. There was no sin. He's not, he doesn't have to be forgiven. He is getting baptized as a symbol, as a show, as an example to you and I. Later on, he was crucified and he, and he was buried and then he rose from the dead. And again, he showed us another example after that about how all of us are going to be raised to new life for eternity one day because he came back from the dead and nobody else has ever done that since. Why did he do that? Because someday we all will. When he returns for us, we all will. He led by example. Allowed his body to be buried in the ground. Then he came back out. And it's just the same thing that we're doing with this symbolic water baptism. We are being buried in a watery grave. We are being raised to new life. We have been baptized and washed in the blood of Jesus. And following his example. Now. We're new creatures. Now we understand the term after this happens. Then that term begins to make sense to us. And we never could have figured out before that term of being born again. I've been born again. I've been newly created. King David in the Old Testament prayed that prayer. Wash me. In the New Testament, John the Baptist's message was wash. Remember, you must repent and be baptized. And then Jesus said to Peter, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. 
unless we're washed from the contamination of our sin, then we will die from the contamination of our sin. But repentance has to come first, and then the baptism follows shortly thereafter. Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, listen to this. For those of you that have been born again but never followed the Lord in water baptism, I've seen a lot of people like that over the years. They said, I've asked Jesus in my heart, but I never got baptized and never thought it was important. I've asked him in my heart, that's the thing that really matters. If that's all that matters, then why did Jesus say in Mark 16, 16, anyone who believes in me and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe me will be condemned. Say, oh, are you saying that I'm not even saved? No, I'm not saying that. If you believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you are saved. But if you live five minutes past that decision, you need to be looking for the next opportunity to publicly show that by water baptism. And if you live 10 minutes past that, you need to be asking him to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's another message. I heard we talked about that in your class last week. If you're born again, you need to be baptized. Jesus himself tells us to be baptized because he he knows how important that decision is for you and, and how important it is for everybody else to see that. Don't let pride or fear keep you from being baptized. If if, if you think that... that uh, that you don't need to be. I think if you have a chance to be baptized, you should. This is Jesus himself that leads us in this, and then he commands us to follow that. And it is a test of obedience to say, well, I'm afraid, or I, I got too much pride, or I'm, I'm too old now. None of that will hold up. If you're a believer, get baptized. If not today, then do it as soon as possible. So let's, refer, let's look back over this. If you're unsaved, don't waste your time. But if you're a believer, get baptized. That in itself doesn't save you, but I'm going to tell you something about being a disciple of Christ. Obedience is the prerequisite for being a disciple of Jesus. And if you're not going to be obedient to him in everything, then you're not making him Lord. Remember when we talked about lordship a few weeks ago? If you're going to make him Lord, if he's Lord of all, He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. He says it's something you need to do, then it's something you need to do. Today, several people are going to be following the Lord in water baptism. I think all of us have a, a little better idea now. And we, man, we could talk for a long time about water baptism. We could have gone into this much more, much more detail, much greater detail. But I don't know that, that you would have known a whole lot more if I had of. Does that make sense? The gist of what you need to know is simply what we have said. If you're saved, be baptized. If you're not, don't. But if you're not, get saved and then get baptized. And after you get baptized, let us get you baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you have to wait to get baptized? No, you can. Do, those two don't matter. What order? Get saved. Get baptized. Get baptized in water. Get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Whichever one comes first, good for you. But get both. Don't stop. Don't get satisfied. 
God has something more for your life. I promise you, there's so much more for you than just than just coming to church every once in a while. There's so much more for you than, than even asking him to come into your heart. That's just the initial. That's just the baby being born. Man, God has a whole life for you after that. Gifts and fruits of the Spirit that he wants to put in your life and he wants to use you in. Don't get satisfied by just praying the prayer and asking God to come into your heart. Let's make a commitment. I want those of you today that are being baptized to, to know what you're doing. Be fully aware of what you're doing. You are not involved in a ritual today. You're involved in an act of saying, I have decided to show the world I'm going to follow Jesus. And I've decided to show God I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to do this publicly by following Jesus' example. And his, by being obedient to him. In water baptism today. We're going to go back to the Lord in prayer. I want to ask our prayer team if they would come and stand. Any of them that are in the sanctuary right now. If they would come and stand across the front. Prayer team members. And be willing and ready to receive these individuals as they as people come for prayer. If you need prayer of any type today, if you need healing for your body, if you need if if you if you want to to ask the Lord to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, if you if you need direction, if you need guidance, if you have a some type of a uh, a financial concern, something is going on in your life and and you want someone to pray with you. These folks are they're not up here to counsel you. They're not up here to talk. They're up here to pray with you, okay? So you're not coming up here. They're not, you're not having to worry about that. You're coming up here for these folks to join with you and pray. If you need prayer for whatever it might be, I want you to come forward. Let them pray. We're going to have another song just like we always do. Those of you that are, that are being baptized today, listen to me right now. If you are being baptized, I need you to get up, stand up, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Amen. Follow these two pastors right here at this exit door. You are going to be baptized today. And follow them. They're going to get you where you need to be. And for all the rest of us in the sanctuary, we're just going to turn this into a house of prayer. Just like we do just about every Sunday morning. This is how we're going to, this is what we're going to do. We're praying. We're just worshiping. And we're hearing from the Lord all over this room. I want you just to bow your heads and, Close your eyes and pray where you're at. Or, or you could get up and walk or come to the front or come down and kneel around the seats or the altars. Wherever you want to do that, here in just a couple of minutes, uh, we're, going to, we're going to baptize some folks in water today. God bless you. I love all of you. Appreciate you.